Welcome to Back Into the Future with Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to present day. It's the present day. It is. And we're finally. back into the future. Our page, one of our Patreon exclusive, I would say our flagship, the flagship Patreon exclusive show for us back into the future where it's the normal show, but it's now. <laughs> it's current day right now. What is the current day right now? It's the 17th of August. <laughs> yes. 1997. And by that, I mean 2022. Right. And we are, we, we decided to give this out special to you. Little preview. It's our free gift to you. For our, our and you know, for if you go to patreon.com slash retro late fee, you can find all the exclusive content there and early, early releases. Yeah, that's right. Commercial free, all that stuff. Um, but we watched we watched Better Call Saul. Yes, we did, you weirdo. What? What's weird Better about Call Saul. Yeah. Oh, you just How would say you say it? weird. Better Call Saul? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You're it's differentiating calling him from Writing him a tasteful letter. You sound like Chandler sometimes when you talk. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Better conjugal vigit soul. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's he's aiming for. That sex has got to be better than the sex Kim's having with that fucking loser. What the fuck was Florida. he saying? I think just yeah Ugh. over and over again. But the but weird like me. Not I, mean, I don't I don't do that during our lovemaking sessions. But uh, oh, by the way, my name's Mark. With me as always is Carol. Hi, my wife. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it just it was something like, yeah, yeah, or like I don't know. It was I thought it was even weirder than that, but yeah, yeah, it was something weird. Because I mean, like, yeah, is not that weird to say. It was just you know if he says it over and over and over, but it seemed like it was a weird thing. It reminded me of forgetting Sarah Marshall. With that girl that just kept going, hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, but I had so many thoughts about the series as a whole, the finale in particular. So this is going to be completely loose and unstructured. I didn't take any notes. I know you didn't either. We, we hadn't necessarily planned on talking about it, I don't think. But it's just a show that we watch. But... I don't know. I had a lot of thoughts about it in in it relate, relating to Breaking Bad. Yeah, relating to itself. Well, and you're rewatching Breaking Bad right now with our son. Yeah, that's right. So I know you've got that on the mind. Season four right now. How many seasons are there? I think five. Okay. Um, but then the fifth season's like extended a little bit, so kind of six. This had six seasons as well. <laughs> um. So I've always thought, and I'm sure I'm not the first person, I'm not breaking new ground by saying this, I don't think, but Breaking Bad is a varied show. It's about a lot of things. There's a lot of big ideas. But I always thought one of the main things, one of the main themes of the show was the failure of the American medical system. 
Hmm. It doesn't get like talked about or do- dove in very deeply too often. But the only re- reason Walt does what he do- well, not the only reason, because like I said, it, like he has a lot of his character is an interesting character. But one of the main reasons that he does what he does is because he lives in America. You wouldn't make Breaking Bad in Canada right. or the UK because the the premise itself would make no sense. Yeah, because his treatment would be paid for. Um, and then when Hank gets injured later, it's the same thing. The insurance company's fucking them over. And if they want actual good coverage, it's not in their network and it's going to cost all this extra money. And then Hank and Sky or not Hank, uh, Walter and Skyler help, help them out with that. That's an, it's another failure. It's a, it's a subtle theme throughout the, the whole show. I think the failure of the American medical system, it's not the main thing the show's about. But it's a linchpin for everything that happens. Yes, yeah, for sure. And I think Better Call Saul, in a more overt way, is a criticism of the American justice system. Yes. Because the American justice system is perverted time and time again throughout the entire show. And sometimes it's Jimmy doing it. Sometimes it's Chuck doing it. Even though he's quote-unquote, doing things the right way, and he's a good, you know, lawful lawyer and everything, but he's perverts the system to suit his needs Mm -hmm. instead of to serve the public good. And they all do it except for Kim, probably. Well, I mean, I think towards the end she she makes some questionable... Well, she definitely gets corrupted by Jimmy, but I don't think she necessarily uses the, the legal system to do that. It's more of... What about uh, Verde? What? Ma- Monte Vista Verde, Monte Verde, whatever it was. That the, huh? Oh yeah, the she, bank. Yeah, yeah. You, actually, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting whole seasons of this show. You're right. With the uh, Mesa Verde is Mesa the, the name of. Uh, I mean, that's why she started doing the you know pro bono work to make herself feel like she was still contributing in some way because she was working for the evil. You know, corporation. Well, yeah, and she also elicits Jimmy to help her keep that guy in his house and, and mm-hmm. everything. And yeah, it's uh, so she does. She does too. Also, pervert it. Uh, and when they're when she's threatening the Kettlemans uh, at during the last season, she's also doing that. She's perverting the her inside knowledge of the legal system yeah. to ser- serve her needs. So yeah, she's not innocent. She was innocent last season. Maybe I mean, aside from. Mesa Verde, but I don't think she's very innocent anymore. So, set up for the last episode, over the last you know few few episodes setting up this this finale, uh, Kim has put herself in purgatory after after the death of Howard Hamlin. She's put herself in a sunny purgatory in Florida <laughs> with a banal boyfriend who wonders about the best mayonnaise to use. For egg salad. And then whether comes mir- home with Miracle Whip. Whether Miracle Whip's okay and everything. And she's got a dumb desk job. She talks to a group of faceless women at her at her job that talk about the stupidest things in the world. Whether See, to take their, her husband to Red Lobster or, or whatever. That's not the stupidest things in the world, though. That's one thing that bothers me about these shows is it makes people who live a normal life seem, like, bland and boring. 
But that's most of us. That's the kind of conversations that we have in the real world when we're not dealing with, you know, the cartel and, <laughs> you know, right. drugs and stuff. Like, I, I just, I don't, I mean, I get what you're saying. And for her, it was boring because that's where she was coming from. But that was just normal. I guess. But, I mean, it's, there's a way to live normal life that's not boring. Well, yeah, I mean, she specifically chose a boring job and a boring boyfriend and all that, but I'm I mean, just saying the conversations that she was having with the people she socialized with were normal conversations. I guess, but she, but it's all, it's all <clears throat> banalities. It's the, no one's talking about anything. And that's the thing is, that's the difference because you can't compare a TV show to real life. You can't be like, oh, it's real life. That's not what a TV show is about the interesting conversations. That we have right it, it highlights those things and she's you know they're not talking about that what's going on is not dynamic like her her day is all this and you know that that's no one's existence where their day is all this mm-hmm. she's literally taking her own light away dy- dyeing her hair a muted out color you know all that stuff yeah at the end, when she came to see Jimmy, mm-hmm. did she have her regular hair back? I don't. I don't know. Because I'm just thinking about like I, I remember feeling like she looked more like herself. But I, now you're mentioning the hair, and I'm thinking maybe she had her hair changed back. I don't know. Oh, I need to look. I like. I want to know. <laughs> but so, we'll get to the the show as a whole. The, you know, the entire, um, the entire show soon. But let's talk about the finale in particular. Uh, did you enjoy the finale? Was, was it, do you no. think you, you didn't like it? It made me angry the whole time. Okay. So explain, explain why it made you angry. I mean, Jimmy is a fucking idiot. Uh-huh. And I hate what, like, they both punish themselves. Yeah. You know, she's not the only one. And I feel like he did what he did almost, like, on purpose to get caught. Like, it was almost like suicide in a way, except he's not dead. And, yeah. and like, seeing him end up in prison. And, like, he could have been out in seven years. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with him? Like, he didn't need to do that. Well, I think that he did for himself. Like, first of all, kudos to the costume designer uh, for crafting a suit so bold (laughs) and so Jimmy, well, so Saul, that even in black and white, you know, you it, it comes across. Yeah, and it really does. But. The, to me, what the ending is, is this. So, this whole season, this whole, not season, this whole show, we've watched Jimmy McGill slowly become Saul Goodman. Juxtapose it to Walter White, because they're, these are both people with an alter ego. So, there's Walter White, and then there's Heisenberg. There's... Jimmy McGill, and then there's Saul Goodman. True. They both have, you know, evil alter egos, right? Walter White was Heisenberg. 
like Heisenberg was the reality of that character. Okay. And Walter White was the mask that he put on. Okay. To fit into society. When he was given this death sentence, it allowed him to take this mask off and be the egotistical, money-hungry, power-hungry person that he always was deep down inside. Jimmy is the real person, and Saul's the mask. Yeah. They're like in the inverse of each other. Okay, I can see that. So, <clears throat> Jimmy wears the Saul mask to, like, hide his pain and just kind of retreat, right? Like, he gets, sort of like he says in his final speech, he runs away. He gets caught. I don't think he wanted to get caught. I think... He was. He just descended further, further, and further into this, into this persona of Saul Goodman, that he couldn't get out, you know. And then he got caught. He gets arrested. He's fucking like he's, you know, like distraught and everything. He's in that little room, and then he sees on the wall, you know, my lawyer will ream your ass or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And he laughs. And instantly he's like, I need another phone call. And he knows, he's he understands, this is my arena. In, in here, I'm a superhero. You know, he knows he can manipulate this whole system. So he gets Bill Oakley. He, you know, he goes down to talk to the, the, uh, the district attorney, the federal prosecutors that are prosecuting him. Marie's there. I thought, I, Marie has always been my, well, probably my least favorite character. I thought she, no offense to Betsy Brandt, uh, who does a great job, always, but I thought she was great here. I thought she was very appropriate here. I thought it made perfect sense for her to be here, and I just, I thought she did a great job. Yeah. So, he sees her, and he's like, he knows that he can use her as a prop. He saw in this moment, and, uh, you know, she comes in. He lets her tell her her heart-wrenching story about her husband. And then, with equal panache, he paints a picture of himself as victim. And the prosecutor, everyone everyone knows that that it's bullshit. And he's like, I just need one jury, though. One jury, yeah. And you've got a perfect record that you're going to besmirch. It's... It's everything that's wrong with the criminal justice system in one scene. Right. Right. And because of that, they capitulate to this. In my mind, and I could be wrong, but in my mind, this is his plan the whole time. He's he's sitting there. He's like, yeah, I got this and I want my bluebell ice cream. Uh I'm going to get every fucking thing I want. And then he hears that Kim confessed. And he wants to protect her. But. She wasn't, I don't think anything that bad was going to happen to her. I think that it was moronic of him to do what he did. I don't think anything bad was going to happen to her at all, either. I don't know if Howard's uh, widow's going to sue her. I don't think she's going to, probably. Uh, I don't think anything bad was going to happen to her, her, either. And I don't think that's why he did it. Kim was the one person... See, I think the the overarching Walter White wanted 
respect. He wanted to be feared. He wanted to be listened to, you know, to command power. He wanted respect. Jimmy wants love. He wanted love from his parents. He wanted love from Chuck, who, who never gave it to him. He, you know, he wanted uh, love and acceptance from, from, from Howard, from everyone. Right. Kim was the only person to ever give it to him, to <clears throat> ever make him feel valued. And when he heard that she did that, he called her a hypocrite, said, why don't you do this? Yeah, because she told him to turn himself in. And she responded by doing it. And I think in that moment he realized, you know, that she she answered the better angels of her nature. And if he were to do this, if he were to pervert the law again in this way to get himself only seven years, that he would lose himself completely. He'd lose her, her respect, her love, her admiration, and there he'd have nothing. So he decided, you know, on that plane, fuck all this, I'm going to do the right thing. So then he takes that last opportunity instead of continuing to pervert the legal system, he actually stands up for it. And, you know, lets the crucible of the justice system burn off everything that doesn't matter and and leave the truth. And he does it for an audience of one. (laughs) He does it specifically for her. And he looks back at her once, you know, and she's unimpressed. He, 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 you know, admits everything about Chuck, all that stuff. When he's done, he sits down, he looks back at her, and there's nothing. And he looks down, and he's, you know, he's depressed. Mm -hmm. And he looks back back up at her, and Rhea Seahorn, or Ray Seahorn, I think is how she pronounced her name, does the the best nonverbal face acting I've ever seen, where she doesn't smile exactly, but... All the like the tenseness runs out of her face, relaxes, and you know she's got that that old Kim look on her face, and he smiles, and he knows that you know he's won her over. Mm-hmm. And in the you know in the middle of it, he's like, you know, I'm Jimmy. He is completely shredding Saul Goodman away from himself. And that, and it's over. Like Saul's dead at that point. But they're still calling him Saul in prison. Yeah, it's a it's a mask of convenience in prison. Yeah. But it's not him anymore. He's not even acting like Saul while they're calling him Saul. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's just what they all know him by. Um, but yeah, I think that's that scene where they're on the bus and they're all like chanting Saul and stuff like Better Call Saul. That was a little over the top for me. I think they could have, I think they could have cut that out, and and the the finale would have been maybe even a little bit better for it. But I get the points. The point being, that's part of the happy ending for him. The point being that he's not going to have a bad time in prison. He's not going to be abused. He's not going to be beaten up. He's not going to be raped because. He has all this respect from 
from all these criminals. I mean, they're the family he cultivated essentially. Yeah. You know, they're the they're the love and acceptance that he got. It's so funny because he begrudgingly accepts it. That's an ending that Eisenberg would have liked. Everyone chanting his name. Yeah. Loving him. Being the hero of prison instead of dying. Like, that's, you know, that's something that, that he would have been uh, happy with. But, yeah, I so, I mean, I kind of liked the ending, actually. At first, I wasn't, I didn't love it because I wanted, I wanted Saul to get away with it, I guess. But Jimmy could never get away with it. And still be him. Yeah. I mean, listening to your your point of view on this uh, is kind of changing my attitude about it because I hadn't really considered it that way. Mm. I just kept thinking that it was wasteful. Like, the whole time, like, everything he was doing. Because even at the end, like, Kim comes to see him, okay, they share a cigarette, and then they stare at each other when she's leaving, like, you're done now, like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, maybe she'll come back. I I think it's I think it's intentionally left open ended. Her her at first I thought that she was practicing law again. No, and you pointed out that she's just using her New Mexico bar card, which doesn't have an expiration date. She still has it, so that means there's no expiration date. It means she can come back whenever she wants. Will she continue to come and visit him and stuff like that? I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen with her life. I don't know what's going to happen with, um, you know, with him. I don't know if they're going to continue to see each other or not. But, yeah, they 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 reconnected again, and they shared that cigarette, you know, reminiscent of their first scene together, you know, in that right. parking garage. It's so funny because God love them both, and they're both great actors, um, Rhea Seahorn and, and, and uh, Bob Odenkirk, but... No chemistry. No, they like it's the it's the only relationship that I've ever pulled for so hard <laughs> with them having zero sexual chemistry on screen. Yeah, they don't have any chemistry together, but there's something so endearing about them as a couple. I, yeah, I mean it's something different. It's not sexual chemistry. It's no. just it's something different it's like the the acceptance of each other and yeah like just they're both so weird yeah (laughs) it's more than friendship yeah but like like i said it's not like you know it's not like hot sexual chemistry or anything like that but it's 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 weird it's a weird sort of bond we only see them kiss like once twice (laughs) yeah it's like, I don't know, it's like you would imagine a very close relationship between a priest and a nun. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, because they, they almost seem sexless, both of them. Yes. It's weird. Right. But I mean, I guess it's just that's not the point of the story, you know? No. That's not the, that's not the point of their relationship, even. It, it's But it is interesting, the, the kind of chemistry that they have been able to develop you know, that's, it's just, like you said, it's different. It's really hard to put your finger on exactly what it is. It doesn't feel romantic. No. But it feels more than friendship. Yeah, I don't know. Almost like brother and sisterly. Ew, no, it's not that. Eh. <laughs> I mean, they do kiss and have sex. So. 
Well, yeah, off screen. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so you, you're always kind of pulling for them. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know. He says, oh, maybe good behavior, which is hilarious. Right. Because like, you know, good behavior, not what, maybe 10, even 20 years off that sentence. It's still over 60 years. Well, no, he had life plus something. 86, so. 86 years is what he got. They mentioned that. Oh, Okay. So he gets they, so they, they that's what they were threatening him with, but he must have gotten less. Okay. I feel like in the Breaking Bad universe, somebody had to pay. I guess right. Yeah. Someone's got to pay the piper, and that person, unfortunately, was Jimmy, uh, a person we probably wouldn't have cared that much about at the end of Breaking Bad, getting arrested. We'd be like, yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. <laughs> but after right. meeting Jimmy and getting to know Jimmy, you know, it's it's sad. But like. You know, Walter died. Uh, um, Jimmy gets arrested, and Jesse's free. And I mean, I guess that's that's the the equivalent of happy ending for Breaking Bad, uh, the Breaking Bad universe. Jesse does get a happy ending, basically as happy as he can get anyway. Yeah, and he's broken as a person, I'm sure. Oh yeah, Walter sort of gets his happy ending. Even though he dies because he's, you know, he dies amongst the thing that he loved the most in the world, his fucking meth empire or whatever, (laughs) you know, Um, and getting to win, you know, like he won in everything that he did. Yeah. Um, And I think the reason that this is a little disappointing, it's a little disappointing to me, too, and I know it is to you, is because it doesn't feel like a win. No, but it's it's. I guess it's a, a win of personal triumph for himself. I guess. Um, there's one other thing that I wanted to say about the finale, I think. Um, I can't remember. But I'm hoping that Kim isn't uh, in Florida anymore. <laughs> I hope she gets herself out of the situation that she's in because that's... Just awful. I think that she will. I think, like I said, I, I'm almost positive that she had dyed her hair back to blonde. Yeah, I and think you might be right, actually. I think, you know, she's going to be herself again. She might even get her license back to practice law. Who knows? Maybe she'll get her own show. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or didn't they, they said there's two spinoffs coming from this now? No, there's not. they're not spinoffs. No. They're just, they're, uh, Giancarlo Esposito and Bob Odenkirk uh, have two new shows. One's the, called Straight Man, and the other one's called something else. But they're different. They're they're not related to the. Oh, okay. Event. They're just also going to be AMC gave them new you know new shows. Gotcha. Straight Man's supposed to be about um, I think the head of an English department at some liberal arts college or something like that. I don't know. Like I read a little bit about it. It's based on a book. Seemed vaguely interesting. Maybe it's something we'll watch. Okay. But uh, what about the show as a whole? It was an interesting ride. Um, I think I liked this better than Breaking Bad. Even rewatching Breaking Bad, I think Breaking Bad has higher highs, but I think this is this show was more consistently good. I don't know. I I, I kind of have to disagree. I enjoyed That's watching fine. Breaking Bad more. Um, I didn't ever feel bored. Or, like, it was not 
paying off when I was watching it. And this show had some lulls where I was like, eh, what's going to happen here? See, I, yeah, and I feel the exact opposite. I feel like I was, I was invested in all these storylines. Because the main storylines you have are uh, Jimmy and Kim. Um, you've got Mike and Gus and all that stuff that they're doing. Uh, and then you've got, um, you know, and that's pretty much it. Like no, that. and then you got Nacho and uh, yeah, and I was Lalo. And- I was, yeah, Nacho and Lalo, and I was very interested in all that. Um, and then on Breaking Bad, it's like I liked Jesse and Walt. Mm-hmm. And it's like some of the shit that like Marie with like her stealing stuff and and everything and uh, Walt Junior. I'm sorry, Flynn <laughs> and. Um, you know, some of the stuff with the Skyler and everything, like those subplots. I like all those actors, and I think they all did a great job. But it didn't, like, a lot of their characters, I was just like, eh, I don't care, you know. Hmm. Even some of the Hank stuff that didn't directly involve the cartel, I'd get bored watching that stuff. Wow. I'm like, I don't get back to the stuff I want to see. Yeah, not me. Yeah, well, there was more of a family element there, I think, that you uh, latched on to. Okay. Well, the, their storylines also all kind of revolve around family. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I thought the stealing was interesting. Like, that wasn't boring to me. It's like, what's going on in her life? Yeah. I don't know. I never cared that much about her, <laughs> so. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I thought Lala was fantastic, yeah. obviously. Uh, and uh, Nacho. Uh, Nacho, like, um, Mando is the guy's last name i think it's michael mando or miguel mando or something like that but um he he's fantastic i don't, I think he gets overlooked a little bit uh but his nacho was uh you know great yeah i hated that they killed him or that he killed himself yeah they forced him to kill himself it was it's kind of like they sad. killed him yeah yeah well you know he can't be around for for breaking you know, he's not around for breaking bad so mm. something happened to him same thing with lalo obviously Lalo uh, deserved to die. Nacho did not. Yeah. Although I, I love the way that, uh, uh, what's his name? Tony, what's his name? Played uh, Lalo. He was fantastic. Oh, yeah. He was a charming character, which is funny to say about, you know, a murdering uh, drug lord. But, you know, he, he really he really did. And he kind of commanded every scene he was in. But I, like, from from top to bottom, and Chuck, you know... Uh, I hate Chuck. The great Michael McKeon did a great job playing Chuck. Yeah, he did a great job. I hate his character. Oh, yeah, me too. But, um, you know, the like, from top to bottom, I think everyone did such a great job. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Fabian is Howard. Um, fantastic. People, after he got killed, everyone's like, oh, you know, the one good character on the show, and, like, you know, he was all good, and, and you know, he... Wanted what's best for like, and they were talked about him like he was like the best and stuff like that. And I was thinking, he's kind of a dick though. Like, <laughs> he, yes, he was not an evil character. He certainly didn't deserve what happened to him. But like, you know, he stuck Kim in Doc Review and was like, I, you know, told her he didn't give a shit about her and and all that stuff yeah. and everything. Like, he wasn't a, a universal nice guy. No, and he was part of the, you know, conspiracy against Jimmy. I mean, I know it was coming from his brother, but he was still, yeah. you know, he was still enforcing the not letting him. He should have stood up to Chuck. He should have told Jimmy the reality of the situation. Yeah. That the, 
uh, Howard's biggest crutch and the, his biggest mistake, the, the thing that drug him down the most, was his complete adoration of Chuck. Yeah. And thought that he could do no wrong. Like, he idolized Chuck. Well, so did Jimmy. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he somehow managed to uh, puppeteer a couple people. And yeah. he needed to, or he wouldn't have been able to survive. But, I mean, both of them were very devoted to him. I thought it was interesting. Uh, we kind of get like a, I don't know if you want to call it a best of. We get a tour of the Breaking Bad universe, the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe throughout this episode. Uh, first, in the desert with Mike and Jimmy, uh, where he, Jimmy asks Mike where he'd go if he had a time machine. You know, like, we spend the $6 million, build a time machine, you know, where would you go, blah, blah, blah. And I think the point of it is, is that Mike answers honestly. Mm-hmm. He gives that date in 2001, which some people have speculated was the date that he killed, uh, you know, his, uh, I think Bobby was his son's name, or I can't remember his son's name. Killed Bobby. No, the murder, his murderers. Yeah, I, I thought that was explicitly stated that that's what that was. No? No. no. He, he just gives that date, and some people have speculated that was that date. I think it was the day that his son got killed. Because I think he would have prevented that murder. But then he said... Then he changed yeah. it to the day he first took a bribe. Because I think that he felt like that set up his son. Like he could have changed so many things uh, yeah. from, from then. St. Patrick's Day, 1984. Yep. When he, took, uh, when he took his first bribe. So he answers honestly. And Jimmy... Uh, Jimmy somehow knows the date that fucking uh, Warren Buffett turned to, uh, took over Berkshire Hathaway. I don't know how he knows that. But, uh, so he gives a bullshit answer. Right. I mean, is it a bullshit answer? Yes. Okay. Then he, that's the whole point of, of those scenes. Then he, um, he asks Walter White, you know, if they flash to when... Uh, that brief period of time that they're both with the uh, the disappearer, the vacuum repair guy. Yeah. And um, Walt, in his prickish way, dismisses the question because of its in- impossibility. And then, uh, you know, points out that what he's talking about is regrets and just asking about regrets or whatever. So then Walt... Walt kind of answers the question, honestly, but sort of lies. I mean, sort of deflects or whatever. He talks about gray matter and everything, and then he puts all the blame on Gretchen and Elliot for pushing him out. Almost as it like like they were conspiring against him to get him out. Right. And I don't know if that's true. I, I feel like that was a love triangle situation, and that's that's what happened. I mean, he. I, I'm sure he got screwed over. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was his fucking idea in the first place. Yeah. And they made a fortune. Yeah. There's no way that that's okay. Well, like Jimmy said. And then and then uh, he asks Jimmy, and Jimmy again lies. The time that he he uh, hurt his knee. His yeah. knee's never been the same since. Uh, 
And that's a bullshit answer. So then we flash to Chuck towards the end of the end of the episode. And I thought that he was going to ask Chuck the same question. But before he leaves, you know, Chuck, it's so funny because in that scene, Chuck's almost like Chuck's vulnerable in that scene. You know, he's he's stuck inside with his weird psychosis and he needs help. And, you know, Jimmy's the one that wants to help him and all this stuff and everything. And he asks him to stay and have a conversation to just like, you know, talk and and share. Um, And it's, you know, maybe he's doing it as a pretext to to try to convince him not to practice law, you you know, whatever it's, there's, there's all, there's the little bit of Chuck prickishness there as always, but it's almost sweet. You know, it's, it doesn't completely change the nature of their relationship or anything like that, but it's a little added dimension. And Jimmy kind of blows him off and it's like, you know, no, I'm not, you know, I gotta, you know, get out there and stuff like that. Don't have time to sit around and talk. And then we see that the book that Chuck's reading is The Time Machine mm-hmm. by H.G. Wells. And it's a book that we see when they're rating Chuck's, or when they're rating um, Jimmy's, you know, monstrous home. Uh, it's a book that he has in his house. Presumably the same one. Yeah. So he took, you know, from Chuck's estate or whatever. Well, right? didn't Chuck's house burn down? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everything was destroyed. Nothing was saved. Whatever. Sorry. Anyway, um, the my point is maybe that's his answer to the question. Mm. Maybe he would go and talk to Chuck. Maybe instead. You know, and maybe that's maybe that's because you you could think of a lots of of time points that he could change. You know, fucking around with Howard, uh, pursuing Walter White, um, he, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah. But um, you know, doing the the thing in Chicago, the the whatever the sunroof thing, where he shit through the sunroof. What the fuck? That's what he did. He defecated through a sunroof. And he gets to be a lawyer. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, that's what that's what he did. Um, maybe he changed that. Yeah, I mean there's there's lot, lots of things that just we know about him. Not even his the entirety of his life, but lots of things that we know about him that, you know, he might decide to change. But I think that's his his answer. I think that that's the indication that that's his answer is that he would go he'd go back there. Interesting. If he could. It sounds like you have nothing else to say about the show. I'm sorry. Um, to you? Because I'm totally open to continuing to talk about it. I don't have anything I think I think we could talk. Right I think we could talk about a lot of stuff. Right. You know, like uh, the fakeness of everything in his life. You know, uh, punctuated by the the fake Doric columns and the Constitution <laughs> plastered across his office. Yeah. I mean, Kim looks at that and is just like, you know, just shakes her head. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, there's lots of stuff that we could talk about, but I think we covered the, the meat of everything. Yeah. Um, 
I thought it was fantastic. I loved the show. I I wish that Jimmy and Kim could have ended up together yeah. somehow. I mean, they did end up together for, you know, most of the show. So. And maybe she'll come back for conjugal giz- visits. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Got to get some of that Jimmy, huh, Kim? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the show. Okay, so you can write us at latefee1994 at awl.com. We're always there. Check out our website, www.retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our Patreon and get some more exclusive content. That's right. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.